Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, September 4th, 2006. This is Michael Lozen, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Good business practices demand good relationships with customers, suppliers, team members, and bosses. And good relationships usually means breaking bread together. So are you up to speed on how to have a business meal? Or even worse, host the meal yourself? You are? Well, good. And you already know when to start talking business and whether it's different at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know how much alcohol to drink and how many glasses of wine there are in a bottle. And the ideal way to pay for a meal or what to do when the check comes. If you know all that, then we bet you also know where to seat your guest and yourself, whether there are two or three of you. And of course, what to order and what not to order. Soup, you say? Uh-uh. Sorry. And if you're not sure, that's why there's a Manager Tools podcast covering all that and more. Stay tuned. I find, I find today's uh, topic uh, incredibly interesting. You know, who would have ever thought of two West Pointers <laughs> talking about etiquette advice? I can remember eating in about five minutes and, you know, put, you know putting your arms around the plate and growling at anybody <laughs> who came, came even cool, <laughs> remotely close to the food. When, when um, yeah, and of course they taught us etiquette, but we, we, we didn't listen very well. I thought my mom would kill my brother and I when we came back from school. Um, we she thought that West Point was going to turn us into young gentlemen, and <laughs> all we all we had learned how to do at the table was inhale our food. Um, <laughs> and actually, thanks to school, I, I now see eating as a chore uh, that's all about fuel. And I'm not I'm, eating is not one of my favorite things by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I wish I had that problem. I'd probably be a little more fit. But <laughs> okay, no comment. Okay, so. Um, so, so why the heck are we talking about this? Well, you know, uh, the fact is, you and I have both seen too many cases of just plain atrocious etiquette. And we're not talking here about Emily Post uh, etiquette. We're talking about business etiquette, business meals. Um, you know, you and I have seen cases where people drink inappropriately, where checks aren't picked up the way they're supposed to be. People order finger foods and, and then get it all over themselves and make a big commotion trying to clean their clothes. And... Um, you know, it seems to me that we can either bemoan the decline of civilization or we can, you and I can stand politely in the breach and offer some suggestions to our friends and members about how to get through a business meal following reasonable business etiquette. Yeah. I, when we, we for, when you first suggested this, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, but it, but you know, after thinking about it and thinking about some examples back in, in my history, it's like, this is this is really a great topic for our listeners. You know, if you're, if you're a manager or if you, if you want to be one, you know, these are kind of pretty basic recommendations, but they're going to make you stand out, you know, from yep. those who don't know how to do it or just don't do it. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you're an executive, you know, we're going to talk about things that will, won't make you look like a lowly man, you know, the lowly manager who has never been to a nice, you know, business dinner or yes. um, meeting with the client, a dinner uh, meeting with the client. So, you know, and, and more and more, you know, relationships is rules our business lives. And, you know, breaking bread meals are part of, you know, building relationships. So I, I think this is a great topic. I have to ask Good. you, though, I mean, do you really have 
the answer to how many drinks is the right amount. Everybody wants to know that. <laughs> Actually, I don't have the answer. Um, and in fact, I think generally because of culture, there is not only one right answer to how much you can drink at a, at a business dinner. But I do have an answer that is never wrong. Um, and sometimes I think, I think that's a mistake that people make when we get into the quasi-business area or we get into the gray areas of the business world, Mike, is, is, that, is that people are looking for the right answer. Um, because so often as managers, we're looking for errors. And so um, they're, they're looking for the, the, the approved solution, if you will. Um, and the fact is, sometimes there's not an approved solution, but we can eliminate the chance of making a mistake. And that if you can eliminate a mistake, then you can focus on the other areas where you really can make a difference. Yeah, I don't, nav- I don't naturally gravitate to, to that, but I, but I think there's a lot of wisdom sometimes in simply avoiding being wrong. <laughs> as, as, yeah. as bad as that sounds, sometimes that's good enough. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like it's a bit like military tactics in the sense that you can't be on offensive everywhere. There are a couple, you know, in some ways you're just defensive. You say, "Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that because I don't know how to do that." But in these other areas where where there's a possibility that I can really make a difference and I and I can avoid being wrong, I'm going to go ahead and take some risks or or push the ball forward, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and also, um, one of the things that I find most interesting, and I got lucky. I admit this early in my business career when I was at Procter and Gamble. I had a, a couple of mentors who really helped me in this um, as I was um, meeting more senior people. And they told me the rule about when you talk about business at a meal. And luckily, when I was 27 years old, I learned that it's different at different meals. Yep. Um, and uh, that I was really quite surprised by that because that's not the way I was raised. Um, so we'll talk about that as well in this cast. Cool. Okay, well, let, let's get going on that. How are we going to go about this? Okay, six topics. Seating, believe it or not, seating makes a difference. It's, uh, it's funny, but we, people don't think about seating, but those people who are attuned to it, since it's how you start a meal often when you're eating out, um, you can almost doom yourself from the very beginning. Seating, and then we're going to talk about eating, what to eat, what not to eat. We'll talk about drinking, which we'll, briefly will include alcohol, and also a comment about iced tea as well. Um, hosting, um, uh, and, and separate from that, paying, in other words, settling the bill, um, which uh, brings out interesting behavior often. And then lastly, we'll talk about when, when one should talk about work, because there are appropriate rules depending upon which meal you're having. Okay, so let's, let's, um, let's get into seating. I, I assume we're not talking about you know, seating rules if you're having dinner f- uh, with someone from the Secret Service who happens to be also guarding the uh, Homeland Security <laughs> chief or something. <laughs> <laughs> who has to sit with their back to the wall, exactly. Um, no, we're not talking about that. And, and also, let's be clear, we're not talking about, in general in this cast, Mike, we're not talking about you and three of your coworkers going out to a local diner for lunch, for burgers or fish and chips. Um, you know, we'll talk about that briefly when we talk about who pays and, and how to pay. Um, we're really talking about a slightly more formal meal um, where, where people begin to feel a little bit of tension around, okay, are there rules and should I be careful and so on. Um, but, and it may be dinner, most likely it'll be dinner, but it could also apply to breakfast or lunch when we're talking about having lunch with a client or an executive where there is an intent to discuss work and there's a, an invitation, if you will, associated with it. And, and the first rule when it comes to seating is what we call guest best. 
and, and it's very simple. The guest always gets the best seat. Simple, right? Um, what, do you, what do you mean best seat? I mean, is there really a best seat at the table? I mean, aren't they all yeah. pretty much the same? Yes, in fact, there is. And and um, people in society know what it is. Um, and uh, the best seat is either one that, A, has the best view, if that is noted or offered in some way as associated with a restaurant. Usually we're talking about a skyline or water or an ocean or something along those lines. Um, or B, where one faces the room versus having their back to the room. Um, and, and that generally is, is the primary driver of this, unless there is a view. Um, and or C, um, they are not going to be bothered by foot traffic around their chair. Um, and oftentimes what I see happen, Mike, is that a host or somebody who's hosting somebody or the leader, if you will, gets to the table first. And if they're in a booth or whatever, they scoot their way in and they end up sitting with, they sit facing the room and their guest perhaps ends up with their back to the room. And, and so if you're in doubt about any of these rules, make sure that your back is to the rest of the room. Um, so that your guest will be able to face the room. And, and here's something funny. There's a hidden benefit to this, which wasn't really intended with the original etiquette rules, but, but, it, but it ends up happening nonetheless. Uh, if you're the junior person, or if, if, if you're trying to uh, uh, pay special attention to a guest, um, or you're hosting, seating yourself with your back to the room will keep your eyes and your attention on the other people at your table. Um, and if you doubt that that's a good thing, note how often the people whose backs are not to the room uh, end up having their eyes drawn away from you by people behind you walking by, other people at other tables, and so on. Um, and trust me, if you were the one facing the room, your eyes would be drawn away from your guest. So having your back to the room, even though for some people it may be less comfortable, that's the appropriate place for you to sit if you're hosting the guest gets the better seat. Yeah, and I find it very annoying when I'm talking to someone when, when their eyes are wandering all over the place. It's, it, it, right. it's annoying so to me. So if you're the junior person, if you're the manager hosting an executive, or even if the executive is, is paying, but, but you are being deferential to them, in other words, you're thinking of them more in a guest role, um, you don't want to be facing the room and looking over their shoulder every five seconds as somebody walks by or as a waitress walks by or a waiter walks by and so on. Um, it's, it, yeah, it, it is annoying. Um, now, look, there's even more to this. And this is, again, where um, people, there's a, there's a serious faux pas, or not a faux pas, but there's a mistake that people make. Um, if you're dining with one guest, and, and typically we're talking about a table that would have room for four at it, a square table, um, do not sit across the table from your guest. Sit next to them. Um, a lot of times, tables are just too large. Um, you don't want to raise your voice, um, and you don't want to have to lean across the table and put your tie or your blouse in your soup or your salad. Um, although I hope you don't have soup. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yes, we will. You know, have, if you're in a lively restaurant, which may be a great place to eat, um, and having to lean forward to always, ta always essentially raise your voice um, it doesn't, is not conducive to a pleasant business meal, particularly if you're actually going to talk about work. Um, and you know, some people would say, well, gee, gee I, don't, I don't want you know, somebody to think I'm trying to be intimate with them. It's not perceived as intimate at all. It's simply professional. You don't want to have your guest have to yell. Um, 
and and you don't want to have to lean across the table. Yeah. Well, what now, if you have two guests? Yeah. Okay. Good one. Um, if you have two guests, do not seat them across from one another um, with you in between. <laughs> I did this once. Isn't that isn't you, the isn't that good though in terms of you know being the center of attention? Isn't that what you want? Yeah. Great. Yes. No. It'll be as if you're watching a tennis match, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And and the thing that really happened to me was I was focusing on one guest. Um, my boss, um, and was not catching clues from the other guests because in order to pay attention to one person who's talking, I have to, you have to essentially turn away from the other one. Um, so uh, you want to sit, uh, you want to put them next to one another and then you sit across from one or the other. It doesn't matter which one you sit across from. But if, if you and an associate are hosting someone, Again, don't put them between you and the two of you. Oh, Very come bad. on. You're, you're taking all the fun away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, we're not tag-teaming uh, a vendor or a, a, a client or a supplier. We're, we're having a meal together. We're getting to know one another. Yes, we're going to talk about business, but it, we're, this is not a stress interview. <laughs> okay. Um, a couple other things that sometimes people don't... don't um, uh, they make simple mistakes on even before the meal has started. Um, don't seat yourself until your host arrives. Um, it's far, far better to wait and meet at, you know, in, in the waiting area, if you will, before heading to your table. Now, look, we're not trying to suggest that if you're meeting your friends for lunch somewhere or, or if you're at a place where reservations aren't taken, you need to grab a table for your group, that's fine. Um, now, if you are waiting for an executive who's a guest of yours or someone who is hosting you um, and, there's, and you're at a place where there are no reservations um, and you don't want to sit yet... Um, I hope nobody's offended by this. If you give the hostess or maitre d' a ten or twenty dollar bill uh, and explain your situation and imply that the person you're meeting is important and you want to wait for them, you don't want them to wander around looking for you while you're sitting at table waiting for them or constantly craning your neck. You know, a ten or twenty dollar bill in most situations, not all, but in most situations, will allow a table to magically appear that's available for you when your guest arrives. Yes, it increases the cost of the meal. Um, but if, in fact, you're worried about this, paying a 10 or $20 to make that problem go away is, is a, a very good investment. And, and we'll talk further about, about making reservations a little bit and, you know, knowing the maitre d' and knowing the, the host, if you will. Um, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with tipping the host. You, you don't wave a $20 bill in their face, but, but you can be very discreet about it. And, and we could spend an hour talking about discretion. We won't because um, we've got a plenty long podcast here as it is. But but those are just some basic rules about seating, about where to sit, where the guest seat sits, and so on. Um, we just don't want someone, we don't want an executive to have to tell someone, well, by the way, you gave me the wrong seat. Um, and it can get even more fancy than that, but I think that, that will keep people out of 90% of the faux pas that might happen. Okay. Well, the next thing we're talking about is um, eating. So I suppose here we're going to spend, oh, 20, 25 minutes in terms of which fork to use and which spoon to use and that kind of stuff. How to hold um, your glass, how to hold yeah, tea because, and put your yes, little pinky out Yes, of course we are, sir, because we're actually experts on those kind of things. Now, <laughs> we'll just talk about a few of the frequent questions that, that I get, when I, particularly when I'm coaching people about interviewing. And let me make a note here about interviewing. Everything we're talking about here applies in interviewing, except for if you're being interviewed, you would never have to offer to pay. Um, that's just a given. You're the guest. Please don't necessarily take the guest seat. Um, 
In fact, I would argue that if you're if you get to the table before the host, um, if you're in an interview, keep your back to a busy restaurant. Um, if you're going to be interviewed, uh, far better for you to be able to focus again. And and they might say no. Please sit there, and you could say, "Well, I, I prefer to sit here." Um, that's a, that's a very subtle thing, but it's well worth it to avoid again the distractions that happen when you have your fate when you're facing the room rather than your back to the room. But we're just going to talk about a few basic things, and and, and I'm sure people are going to want to ask us questions, and we'll be happy to field them on the discussion forums. Um, the first one, and it's one that people miss an awful lot, Mike, is order simple food. Yeah, I, um, I, I tell you, that's a great one because you know, simple food that's easy to eat. The best, the best one I've ever seen that's just perfect for interview situations is barbecued ribs. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's amazing. Oh, it's classic. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, had, mm. I, I interviewed a senior manager one time and uh, over lunch, and <laughs> he ordered barbecued ribs. It was hilarious. Um, no, no, no. See, I, I'm, I'm probably I've interviewed so many people over meals that. I don't even need to see them order the rib. I don't even need to see them eat the ribs, Mike. When they make that choice, I know they haven't done hardly any research about meal interviews. Oh, and one of the first things one of the first things you learn is don't eat things with your fingers. Oh, you want to see it though. Believe me, you want to yeah. see it. It's, it's, yeah. You're asking them a question and they're trying to get their answer out in between, you know, licking Smacking their fingers their and, and yeah. <laughs> or, or they're gesturing at you, for, you know, quite uh, fight quite vigorously with barbecue sauce all over their fingers and thumbs. Yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's wonderful. Um, so look, if you have to touch the food with your fingers, it's not a good idea to order it. Don't order lobster. Don't order shrimp cocktail, which which also brings up the point. Please, let's not have anything that you have to dip in a sauce because that sauce gets on the thing and then you bring that thing to your mouth and the sauce ends up in your lap and it drips all over you. No fried chicken, no french fries or palm frites, um, particularly if you're going to dip them in ketchup. Um, well, particularly you know, if you it, have it, half a day of interviews ahead of you after lunch. <laughs> yeah. You know, and generally when it comes to things like ketchup, ketchup is not one of those things that you know, if you have to pay more than $20 for your entree, um, ketchup generally doesn't go with it. Um, um, now, um, we recognize here that we are not as uh, uh, internationally traveled as perhaps some of our, uh, of our listeners, even though we have traveled internationally. Um, we don't know every food that might be served in every locale that is listening to this cast. Uh, we're thrilled to have our international listeners. And if you'd like to enlighten us, we'd be happy to broaden our repertoire a little bit. But the fundamental underlying rules apply about don't order food that you have to eat with your fingers. Uh, and I'll go a little bit further. This is something that you won't find. This is a recommendation you may not find anywhere else. I recommend not ordering salad. Believe it or not, Mike, I- I've seen more messes with salad um, than any other food. And-, and I'll tell you what I think it is. I think a lot of people recommend don't order something heavy. And that's fine. I, you know, don't, don't order a big steak. Okay, fine. And so people go to the other extreme and say, well, I'll order something light. I'll order a salad. Um, Quite frankly, I, I, I can't tell you how many chicken salads I've eaten at lunch uh, in my life. You know, a salad with chicken breast on the top of it. I get my protein and I, I don't fill myself up. But the fact is, if you put some dressing on it, lettuce is very unruly. Um, You're right. And, and frankly, I, 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 I avoid, for this very reason, I avoid salads at all costs. I stick to simple things like burgers and fried chicken and heavy steak. <laughs> Very yeah. rare. I, it's you're right because you never know when you're being interviewed. It's good. you're just being cantankerous tonight, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I, this one just, just upsets yeah, me. Your diet had better not be so mercenary 
that you can't eat something else. If you go to a meal and you say, I'm sorry, I only eat salad, um, there are plenty of executives I know that would raise an eyebrow about that. Um, so generally, stay away from salad. Um, every once in a while, you can have a normal meal. Now, I, please, I, I eat more salads than anybody else in the world. Uh, anybody who's eaten lunch with me in the last two years knows that's what I order, chicken salad. Um, but not if you're going to have a business luncheon and you want to impress a client or you want to impress an executive or there's going to be some business done. Um, also, no soup. Too dangerous. <laughs> Might fall asleep, drown. I understand. Yeah. Um, now look, so, so I'll go a step further here, and, and uh, we're, we're not known for being shy about our opinions. If you have unusual eating habits, um, I recommend you, you better be able to be brief about it. If you're a vegetarian and you get invited to go to a meal at a steakhouse, it, it's inappropriate if your host is taking you there for you to say, I'm sorry, I'm a vegetarian. Um, uh, because you can get something that that respects your habits uh, at a finer restaurant. Um, certainly, eat something that works for you. Please don't tell everybody your eating habits. It's it's not appropriate. Um, don't expect a group to bend to your needs. Um, and and as a gen- general rule, if you have to make more than one change to something on the menu, you need to be ordering something else. Um, you know, I, I, I'm stunned. In fact, I call it the Starbucks effect. You know, this, I'd like a half-calf, decaf, foam, latte, no foam, no whip, mocha, soy, just drives me nuts. So if you have to say, I'd like the chicken breast, but will you please ask them to braise it in olive oil as opposed to what they normally use, take the skin off, bring the sauce on the side, no olives, you're too picky. And people are going to draw a conclusion about that. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you have we the notice added, that unless we're best friends, right? And then you have the additional embarrassment, perhaps, given how if if it's terribly special, then the chances of it coming back from the kitchen wrong are fairly high. And now you have, yeah, now you have to decide whether you can eat something that's not the way you like it, or or be in a position where you have to make a fuss. Then, Obviously yeah. In fact, if you've made a fuss to begin with, mm-hmm. and I would argue that three or four changes on a menu item is a fuss and then it comes incorrectly, either you're going to eat it because everybody else now has their food, or you're going to make a, another fuss by sending it back, at which point there's gonna be an awkward moment when you tell everyone else, please go ahead and eat. And then you're asking them to violate a fundamental rule that nobody eats until everybody has food on, their t- on, on the table. Um, it, it's just a, it's a um, it, it is an accident waiting to happen. Right. It, yeah, it goes without saying. The purpose of the meal is not to eat. You're not there to eat. You're That's there for bad, the well said. Meal. Exactly right. You're not there to eat. Um, now, um, I, I'll mention a couple of other things that I've noticed. We're not trying to cover the waterfront here. This is again, we're not Emily Post. You you never open your napkin with a flourish, and you never open it completely. You always leave it half folded. Um, it goes in your lap until you get up and then you put it on your chair and when you come back to the table you put it back in your lap you don't put it on the table until the end of the meal when you're walking away um, if for some reason you eat something that must then come out of your mouth for some reason you take it out with whatever utensil or instrument including your hand you put it in there with <laughs> uh, don't spit something out into your hand that you put into your mouth with your fork um, and so many people have asked me about this. What's this plate for and so on? I'll just say this very briefly. You use your butter knife 
to get butter from a common source on the table. Then you put that butter on your bread plate, which is usually to your left. Then you only butter the piece of bread that's going to go into your mouth and never have bread left in your hand after you put some in your mouth. In other words, if you tear your bread, everything that you tear off should go in your mouth. If that won't fit in your mouth, tear it again and only butter the part that you're going to put in your mouth. And as a general rule, if you have to ask for more bread before dinner, you're probably eating too much bread. Um, you're supposed to very- pass to the left. Although if once things start getting passed around, if it's a family style meal, um, uh, d- don't be too militant about it. Um, but generally we pass to the left and accept to the right. Um, and please folks know your waiter's name and, and the waiter is not beneath you. Um, because if you begin thinking that the waiter, the wait person is beneath you and you treat them as such, and if you're rude or uh, abrupt in any way, um, that comes across as arrogance in a business environment, which is not conducive to good business relationships. I love that one because I always pay attention to. I, I, matter of fact, that's one of the things I'm looking for: is how do they treat the the yeah. servers? How do they treat the bus boys? How do they? You know, it's, invariably, the way they treat those people, are the, that's the way they're going to treat their staff. And there's there's no um, there's no room for rude or intolerant people. And here's a, here's a subtle tip. It, it, you know, I, I don't have this one in, in our show notes, Mike, but it's something I've noticed, and I'm probably being over picky, but, but I do notice it. If, if a, a waiter or waitress comes to the table or, or a bus person and asks a question, and a guest of mine or someone in my party doesn't look at them when they speak, in other words, just stares at the menu and asks questions of them, um, or raises their eyebrows but continues to look at them and then uh, continues to look at the at the menu and doesn't look at them. They wouldn't do that with anyone else. I believe that's a power move. I believe that is a a move that says I don't need to talk to you because you're a server, and and, and I don't. I, I find that inappropriate. I find it um, unprofessional or at least arrogant. Um, I think if someone speaks to you, you should turn and face them. I don't think we need to be best friends with our waiter, but we should know his name. Um, I, I'm not a particular fan of waiters who say, hi, my name is Chad, and I'll be taking care of you tonight. Well, no, Chad, you really won't be taking care of us. You'll be, um, <laughs> you'll be waiting on our table. Um, but by the same token, I think it's inappropriate to have a conversation with someone or to ask questions somewhat imperiously while staring at the menu and, and acting as if the waiter is a talking computer um, that is programmed to answer your questions as opposed to engaging them politely in, in a discussion. There, there's so much here. I, I've never done this, but um, kind of like we're talking about it now. Um, I'd almost, I'd almost uh, think about you know asking the server to create a situation and see how, how one of my guests, let's assume I'm interviewing somebody, how they act under stress. You know, how server makes a mistake. Do they? How do they handle? It? Do they smile? Do they get served? Yes, uh, uh, could be interesting. <laughs> I agree with you. I've never thought of it either, but but um, I, I wouldn't put it past me in the next five years to, when I'm interviewing somebody to do that very thing, uh, to see how someone responds. Um, right, I'm graciousness, notes. kindness, uh, respectfulness, um, uh, gentleness in a, in, in, a, in a tight situation is priceless. You can't buy it. You can't train it, uh, in my opinion. And, um, and to find someone who immediately pipes up with rudeness or shortness or abruptness is a... Is a in my opinion, a terrible red flag. I, I love working with smart people. I love working with people who are a, a, a assertive and effective and, and, and goal-oriented and results-oriented and are willing to take no prisoners and work until 2 in the morning. And I will 
do anything for someone who is a gracious, kind uh, t- team player who uh, who always uh, offers to help, who always opens the door for anyone, male or female, doesn't matter, uh, and it, and it generally is deferential and stops talking when other people interrupt them and so on. That that kind of that kind of team player attitude. Um, is so hard to find, uh, and when you find it, if they have the other skills, hire them. Um, and be careful, because if I meet them, I may hire them away from you. There you go. Okay, now the, now the subject that everybody's waiting to hear about, how much do we get to drink at least? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. You may drink as much water as you like, Mike. Well, that's it for this week, and we'll finish this up uh, on next week's show. In the meantime, do you have any comments? Please uh, feel free to leave them on our discussion forums at www.manager-tools.com slash forums. It's also that time of the month. Yep, it's Podcast Alley vote time. So if you haven't voted this month, uh, please do stop by Podcast Alley and put your vote in for us there. Or simply just go to our website and at the top left corner, you'll see an easy place to put your vote in. So folks, until next week, so long.